This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. It's Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. From the courtroom to the boardroom to Talk Radio 1210. Get educated on the law from one of the most powerful attorneys in the country. Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. Featuring who's who in the Delaware Valley legal community. Welcome to the courtroom. And welcome to Legal Eagles Radio. And your host, Sam Pond. And we come to you on a Sunday night in the Delaware Valley. Good evening, everyone, and welcome into Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond as we join you on a Sunday night. And uh, Sam, I must say, from week to week, from Sunday to Sunday, there is so much activity in the news uh, that focuses in on legal conversation. Uh, Very difficult to wrap your arms around if you're in uh, the legal community. For us and for the consumers and for the listeners, even more challenging for us to understand. So true, and we, there's not enough uh, there's not enough time in this one hour, and we're going to try to make it because we have a very busy show today, Joe, and there's a lot to talk about. I had a hard time choosing what I wanted to speak about, and as the listeners know, uh, generally I have one topic that I want to talk about. Today I have three topics I want to talk about, and I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible. So we can turn over the show to our guests and really start talking again about the substantive law in regard to workers' compensation and briefly on Social Security disability. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, I get frustrated by hearing the news. I get frustrated by injustice. Ladies and gentlemen, law is about politics. Politics and law are intertwined. Uh, They're bedmates. So you better get involved in politics because, as I told you time and time again, the politicians make our law. And, uh, you know, we had Bob Mongalusi on and we had Drew Duffy from the Mongalusi firm on a couple weeks ago about this, this tr- tragedy, this horrific tragedy with the duck boat incident in Missouri. Uh, this isn't the first time we know about duck boats taking the lives of, of men, women, and children. 17 people killed on that lake. 17, folks. 17. Horrifically. Drowning. Uh, and s- s- nine from one family. And this very week, and I'll, I'll have to watch my language, um, even though our president uses language that I wouldn't allow my son to use. Um, nevertheless, an 1871 law, from 1871, a law is being used to try to bar these families from getting compensation from the death of their family members. And that law, the purpose of that law in 1871 was so that we can have people get boats and ships so that our maritime industry could go out and expand. So consequently, you couldn't insure vessels. And what we did is we gave them a pass that said, you're only going to be responsible for the freight and cargo on your vessel. We are now applying that law that protects freight and cargo to eliminate human beings to have a a law action. And that can only change if the legislature changes the law and each and every one of the listeners should reach out to whoever the representatives to change that law because it applies not only in Missouri but it applies throughout the country. That's one. Number two, we had a report come out in the past week about the 10 biggest fraud, the 10 biggest 
organizations or individuals responsible for workers' compensation fraud. That total was $697 million in fraud. And in that top 10, not one injured worker is on that list. And we can go down the list to the top 20, to the top 30. Not one injured worker is responsible for fraud on that list. Employers are responsible for it and insurance companies. Finally, this morning, we had the Senate Majority Leader, and I hope everyone that's listening understands who the Senate Majority Leader is in our country, the second most powerful person in our country, and maybe in the world. Do you know who that is? It's Mitch McConnell, that handsome gentleman. Mitch McConnell is a Senate Majority Leader and has been the Senate Majority Leader since 2015. He's a Republican. And as we all know, we're always hearing about the Republicans worrying about the deficit. Well, under Mitch McConnell, the deficit has risen. Does anyone, on, does anyone, any of my guests know how much the deficit has risen since he's been Senate Majority Leader in 2015? Three short years. Multinational in, in corporations, private jet owners, nothing, nothing for the 90% of the, of, of the people that are working day in and day out. Do you want, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, you probably fit into this category, 50% of Americans, if they have a $400 emergency, can't meet that emergency. That's how much on the financial edge our population is. And yet we've given a break to multinational corporations, and consequently we don't have enough tax revenue, and we're outspending things that we don't need. He goes right after Social Security. He goes right after Social Security this morning and Medicare. Social Security, which most of our elderly re rely upon. Before we had Social Security, what percentage of our elderly lived in poverty? Not only did they have not enough money to buy food and pay rent, they didn't have access to medical care. He wants to cut that. And if I hear one more time the word entitlement and that connotation that it gives to people in our society about Social Security being an entitlement, I am going to, I don't know what, Joe Doc, I don't know what. But I'm telling you what, uh, wake up. You know, Barnum and Bailey said, a sucker's born every day. Stop being a sucker. Stop having th these folks, these politicians, change the law and change our system to take away the benefit that you paid for by having 6.2% of your check taken out for Social Security. Yes, it's an entitlement. You're entitled to it. You paid for it. Not only did you pay for it from that deduction, and your employer provided a payment, but you earned interest on that money under the fund. This is how it's funded. Tommy Giordano is going to tell us when he opens up after my monologue why this deficit is being intentionally increased. And he's going to tell us why. We have an exciting show ahead. I want everybody to step back and every week give yourself 15 minutes to find about, out about the law and about politics because, again, the politicians are the ones who make the laws that we have to live by. Educate yourself. Take the time.
Don't be a sucker born every day. From the courtroom to the boardroom to your radio, you're listening to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. If you want to talk with Sam Pond or any one of his legal experts, call 800-568-7500. That's 800-568-7500. And welcome back, everyone, to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond, a programming reminder for the listening audience. Today's episode will be part three of our series uh, on workers' compensation, part one and part two, uh, will you'll find on radio.com, and you'll also find uh, episode one, episode two, as well as all of the episodes of Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond on pondlahockey.com. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And I, I want to turn it over to Tom Giordano, uh, who is clearly one of the leaders in representing individuals for their Social Security disability applications and happens to be... Uh, Dave Stern and, and my uh, partner, uh, and we're just uh, great to have him and have him constantly advocate for folks that are applying for Social Security Disability. Joe, you know, after our show about workers' comp last week, we did get a couple calls, a number of calls we got, uh, uh, having folks say, hey, you know, when you have that work injury, we also want to hear about Social Security Disability. Tom's covered that. Last week we didn't. We didn't have Tom on the show, but people were saying, hey, also, when I have that work injury, I should be applying for a workers' comp, and we're going to talk to some of our guests from other states about that today. But I want Tom to follow up on my monologue and hear about what he has to say because he's representing folks that have to have this benefit to live. Tommy, what's your thoughts? Hey, Sam, thanks for having me. You know, listening to what you said about Mitch McConnell, I, you and I spoke off air, and I told you about an interview that I had recently seen from a former Reagan and Bush White House official And he said that McConnell's playbook here and the Republican playbook, essentially, is they want deficits to rise. In fact, they want them to rise so much that they want the American public to feel that we have no choice but to cut what they call entitlement programs. Because they know that Social Security and Medicare are wildly popular across both aisles. I mean, you said it, it. it. It literally took people out of poverty. The disability system, which is what we utilize when we help people who can't work. I mean, it's a system that they don't even know they paid into their entire working career. I've watched and I've witnessed you at multiple meetings throughout our time together get as fired up as you were in the monologue about that entitlement work because because it's really a bunch of, for lack of a better word, baloney. It's not an entitlement. And, and this is really where I think the listeners have an obligation, and we, call, we, we, we always talk, I'll go back to Emerson's self-reliance. We're, we, we need to be self-reliant. We need to educate. We need to have an old-fashioned civics course, and this is the purpose of Legal Eagles. We have to, well, Tom, you know, we go into, into meetings with individuals, whether it's a union meeting or if we go into a, a town hall meeting, and we say, folks, what is that 6.2% being taken out of your check and what are you buying? I rarely have, first of all, I rarely have anyone tell us one out of the three things that they're buying through the federal government, through their own money. Uh, I, I don't never see anyone that knows all yeah. three things that they're buying. What are you buying through the federal government to have this money go and trust in your name, in your social security number, that you're self-funding as a citizen 
so that we're all protected, so that we all take ourselves out of poverty. It's yeah. a forced savings program through the federal government. What are we buying? Correct. And you, and you always are the first to point out that we didn't ask for that money to be taken, by the way. <laughs> it just was. Um, and, and it's FICA taxes. Yeah, I, mean, I remember that one time, I, I mentioned this before on the show, where you asked if anybody had a pay stub, and you showed the FICA taxes that were coming out. But they, but they pay for three things. The first thing they pay for, and I think universally we know what this is, and that's Social Security retirement. That if you hit 62 or 67 or even 70, there's going to be a monthly benefit that you receive in, in Social Security retirement. I'd say most people know what that is. The second thing we pay for is Medicare. Which is, a, which is a universal medical insurance that is only available to people who are 65 years of age or older. And the third thing, and, and probably the least known of the group, and, and why you, you, know, you, you always kindly invite me on the show, is to educate people about Social Security disability, the third thing that we've paid into. It's a private disability plan that if, God forbid, there is a medical condition or a group of conditions that, will, that have forced you from the workforce, and it's not a work injury. Let's say it's you've developed cancer. Let's say you have diabetes that's so bad that you can't walk. That you can apply for Social Security Disability and receive a benefit until you, or, until you can get back to work. Or if you can't get back to work, you can actually keep that benefit into your, and roll it right into your retirement. So those are the three things that you're buying that I think if you ask people on the street, we'd say 9 out of 10 would not be able to answer all three. Good. And, I, Tom, it's, it's good to hear that. And, again, to our listeners, please... Educate yourself, educate your children, educate your neighbors, educate all of your family members about that 6.2% coming out of each and every one of your checks as to what you're buying and the importance of it and the game changer in regard to your life concerning future medical care when you retire or if you get disabled. Having a retirement plan that is guaranteed by the full faith and credit of the federal government. And finally, to apply for a disability benefit if you need it which you have to qualify for which is the only thing that's not certain you have to qualify for it we need to know this joe uh tom as always thanks for being here my pleasure good stuff from tom giordano as we as the show continues to roll on here sam we talked uh last week about starting to educate the listening audience uh from different states outside of pennsylvania last year we touched on the state of new york today we're going to uh touch on the state of new jersey with adam malamut from malamut and associates the managing partner joins us here larry kimmel uh, will weigh in and be your guest uh, for the remaining uh remainder of the show larry from kimmel carter Roman Pelson O'Neill uh, in Delaware. So we'll cover Delaware. Uh, David Stern with us as well. And then the continuing uh, series will shift out into Ohio and West Virginia uh, as we continue to expand and identify or isolate some of the differences under that big umbrella of Workman's Gone. Yeah, very, very important because our audience is in all these states, although the majority of our audience is in Pennsylvania. We cannot uh, neglect our other listeners in, in our sister states in New Jersey, which Adam will cover, in Delaware, which Larry will cover, uh, and in West Virginia, which we're going to have someone cover, in Ohio, which we'll have to cover. Very, very important that everyone understands as a, as a basic educational point when they get injured at work. Every state has a different scheme, uh, and they really need to know about the different scheme and how it works. So we want to get into, I want to turn it to our guests in our sister states. We've had Adam on in the past. We haven't had Larry on. Uh, and by the way, look, this, you know, Dave Stern and Tom Giordano and myself are here. 
we know the quality of the representation of Adam Malumet's firm. We know the, the quality of the representation of the Kimmel firm. Um, Larry's great. I, you know, his, his, his dad just passed away. He was a giant in the state of Delaware on so many different levels. Both these, both these gentlemen are also very much, this is very important, also involved politically because, again, they have to be involved politically so we keep the courthouse door open for the working man and woman. Otherwise, it will be taken away by the Chamber of Commerce and the insurance industry. Nothing against the Chamber of Commerce and the insurance industry, but someone's got to be there to fight, fight them so they don't run roughshod over the working man and woman. So having said that, I want to talk about the different aspects of those states, Joe, to kind of have that conversation started. Larry, we've been talking about, in our first two segments in regard to Pennsylvania, we were talking about the medical care. And... Um, you know, if you could give us a little flavor of how Delaware uh, treats someone when they get injured in regard to whether or not they can get medical care. Because as Dave and I know, being in the trenches for so many years in Pennsylvania, we know that if we don't have the medical care for our clients, they're not going to get better if it's controlled by the insurance industry or the employer. And we know that we're really not going to have anyone advocate for them from a medical perspective in order to win our case or prove our case. Tell us a little bit about Delaware. Yeah, Sam, thanks for having me on. Uh, as far as Delaware goes, it's actually a good state for workers' compensation because there is no requirement as far as following the employer's lead of any employer-directed health care. So there's no waiting period. You can go right to any doctor you want. The doctor has to be a certified provider. Almost everyone in Delaware is a workers' comp certified provider. As long as you have medical malpractice insurance and you apply for it, you're going to be a workers' comp certified provider. So you can really choose almost any doctor you want. And then you have to follow certain workers' compensation guidelines as far as what treatment you receive over time. So these guidelines came around 2008. You talked about politics. We're very involved down in Dover. Even though my offices are Wilmington and Newark, we're down in Dover all the time dealing with politics making sure the laws are passed that aren't completely slaughtering our clients and the residents of Delaware. So we spent a lot of time down there, and the law that passed in 2008 uh, cut back some of the rights as far as putting in a fee schedule and putting in some guidelines as far as treatment goes, but still it's not employer-directed. You can go to almost any doctor you want as long as they're certified, and it really gives our, our clients really the rights that they need to get the treatment they need. That's, that's wonderful. How's it going, Adam? You talked about you talked about you talked about a, uh, New Jersey in the past. Tell us about the medical care in New Jersey. A little bit more difficult there, I think. It, it is. Sam, thanks for having me back. Um, New Jersey is an employer-directed care state. So, in other words, in New Jersey, um, if you get injured on the job and you go to your human resources or your supervisor, they're going to tell you where you have to go to get care. Um, you talked about politics, and, and you were very passionate, and quite frankly, you have my vote in the <laughs> opening segment. Um, but uh, when you talked about politics and you talked about advocacy and you talked about um, informing, being informed and informing yourself, um, in New Jersey, you really need to be your own advocate. Um, you need to uh, treat it as if you're in the hospital and somebody comes in and they want to run a test. You want to know what that test is. Well, in New Jersey... They will cut off your treatment based on, and I say they, the medical providers who are being directed by the employer or the employer's insurance company based on what they believe your medical needs are, not necessarily what your net medical needs are. So uh, it's very important to have an attorney in New Jersey 
it is very frequent that you will be cut off prior to being ready to go back to work. And there's plenty of legal relief that can happen to protect your benefits. And uh, these are benefits, and I'll use the word, but I'm going to use it favorably, to which you are entitled. These are benefits to which you are entitled, but if you don't fight for it, you will not get them. And just I want to talk for a moment because we have a lot on our agenda here to talk about in regard to pre-existing condition, repetitive injuries. Uh, We've covered the medical, but I do want to get into, and and I want to come back and talk about the due process. And uh, everyone should understand what due process is. It's a very, very important part of our Constitution. It's a constitutional right both under our federal government and under our, our state constitutions. Every state has its own constitution. I want to talk about that in the context of workers' compensation because we have a federal case many, many years ago in the 80s here in Pennsylvania called back salary, and that was actually the injured worker's name of all names, that allows us to have some due process protection for an injured worker. And we're going to talk about that when we come back in Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. This is Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210. WPHT Larry Kimmel uh, is our guest uh, from Kimmel Carter, Roman Peltzen O'Neill, Adam Malamut from Malamut and Associates joining us as well. Special thanks to Tom Giordano uh, for weighing in. Jerry Lee Hockey returns with us and joins the roundtable after the break. Now back to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And a special programming reminder for our listening audience. First, we thank our listening audience for tuning in to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. A couple of programming reminders as we look ahead towards the end of the month in October and transition uh, into November. Governor Ed Rendell will be along uh, with a special with Sam Pond. We'll have that show and then some special programming in the month of November leading into uh, December. Uh, we're trying to do things in three-part series when appropriate or when applicable, Sam, because of the depth of information and trying to be able to cover it in a way uh, that, as I always tell you, I can understand it and I can consume it uh, because sometimes um, we tune things out that we don't understand. Good point, Joe. You know, last night I had my class at at Temple uh, Beasley's School of Law on workers' comp, and one of the things we said to the class was, hey, the fact that you've got a law degree doesn't mean you forget how to speak English. Um, and I think it's very interesting that some of these lawyers, I always hear the word vehicle. All of a sudden, a car becomes a vehicle. What, what, what's the vehicle? You know, and he enlightened out of the vehicle. What the hell does that mean? So we need to have this conversation be language that we would talk to our friends in the neighborhood uh, or at a dinner table. We would talk to our family in English so everyone understands. A good point, Joe. Well taken. And we're going to have a, a conversation here so everyone can learn Uh, without having to have a law degree. We were talking about before the break about due process, and I want to start out in New Jersey. And because we're going to go into into Delaware and we're going to go into Pennsylvania, someone's getting workers' compensation. They've had a work injury, and they're getting their workers' compensation check. They've got two things, a workers' compensation check and hopefully payment for their medical care. Adam, the insurance company sends one of your clients is getting workers' compensation benefits to what we call defense medical exam an exam by an insurance company or a self-insured employer, and that doctor comes back, um, believe it or not, it says your client's fully recovered, and I'm being facetious, uh, comes back and says your client's fully recovered, 
what happens to your client's benefits, both the weekly check and the medical? So, Sam, you talk about due process. Um, there's actually even less of a process because it, our client doesn't have to go to a defense medical exam for that because it is the defense that's treating our client. So our client goes to their treating doc who says, you know, you're a uh, 30- So wait a minute. So right away in, in New Sorry. Jersey, the insurance company has, they got, your, they, got your, they got your medical control, right? Unless they're represented by us. Then, ah, they don't, then it, okay. we take okay. care of those issues. Okay. Um, but you may go to a doctor and the doctor says, well, you know, you need a knee replacement, but you're 39 years old and you're too young for a knee replacement. Well, the reason they say that is because a knee replacement is an expensive surgery. And it's the gift that keeps on giving because we know that there's a shelf life on knee replacements. So as soon as you put um, something artificial in somebody's body, like an artificial knee, the insurance carrier in New Jersey is responsible for the rest of your life for that uh, artificial uh, device. Um, in New Jersey, we often see people um, sent back to work too early. You'll have the treating physician who will say, uh, there's no more need for treatment. You can go back to work without restrictions. So the process at that point is uh, it takes a little bit of time, unfortunately. And unfortunately, the injured worker is the one who pays the... But their checks have stopped. Absolutely. And they're the one who, who pays so that the goes, consequence. Right, that goes back into my argument about our constitutional right to due process. That's right. And I want everyone to understand about what due process means. It means that you can't have something taken away from you until you've had a hearing. That's about right. whether or not it should be taken away from you. So in New Jersey, it's basically taken away from you. Your workers' compensation benefits are taken away without a fact finder, without a judge, without a jury being able to decide whether or not that benefit should be taken from you. That's right, Sam. So they argue, they being the defense, they being the employer, they argue, well, we already found the facts. The doctor, who's a board-certified orthopedic surgeon, said, you're fine to go back and you have no restrictions. You can lift 100 pounds, even though you need a knee replacement, but you're too young for it. At that point, we would send our clients for what's called a need for treatment examination by a doctor who's not paid by the insurance company, who's not paid by the employer. So you do that, you get a favorable doctor's report. How long does it take you to get your, to any kind of benefits to your client? So it could take 30 days. Okay. In, in some cases, depending on uh, how, how long it takes a doctor to turn around a report, it could take 45 to 60. Well, let's leave that wonderful rosy garden called New Jersey, that garden state <laughs> scenario, and let's turn ourselves over to the first state of Delaware and find out what the due process is for the citizens of Delaware in regard to a taking of their workers' compensation rights based on an examination by an insurance company's doctor. Sam, the more I hear about New Jersey, the more I realize that our residents in Delaware are in much better shape. Uh, We have much more rights in Delaware. Thankfully, they have Adam. That's right. That's right. Thankfully, Adam can take care of them because at least in Delaware, we have the treating doctor who's treating the patient. And then at some point, the insurance company says, you know, I'm going to send you to a defense medical examination, also referred to as a DME. And that defense medical examiner, as you said, surprisingly says, you're fine. Go back to work. We expect that in almost every case. At that point, workers' compensation stops paying those temporary total disability checks. Those wage checks stop right away. However, in Delaware, the state of Delaware has something called a second injury fund, and that fund will pick up right where the insurance company left off and will keep paying that exact same check. It'll come every other week, usually how the insurance company pays anyway, 
Again, two-thirds of your wage is tax-free, and it will continue to come up until you have a hearing date. So we call it a term hearing or a petition for review that's filed by the insurance company. We get a term hearing. That's about four months out. During those four months, we're scheduling our doctor to testify that our client still cannot work. They're scheduling their doctor to testify. The client is fine and can return to work, and then we have a hearing at that point. Now, usually by the time we get to that hearing four months out, a lot of our clients can return to work or some form of work. So if they can, it's not necessary to go to the hearing. If they can, we're fighting it out in front of the board, but at least our clients got paid up until that that's time. A second, that's a, that's a, 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 at least a, a safety net system. Joe Doc. Welcome back. I, I got a little Joe Doc withdrawal in that right, first right. segment. We're well, well, the, good the, to have a mic on you. Well, I know you're chomping on the bit to chomping, chime in. Chomping. What, what would you like to say, Joe? Well, this reminds me of the old, you know, the, the, the previous show we had where, you know, when I walked on the Walt Whitman Bridge, yeah. that there was a saying, if you got injured on the Jersey side, crawl to the PA side. Well, now I know that if I crawl to the PA side, I should go right up 95, right down 95 south to Delaware. Well, you haven't heard about Pennsylvania because we do have due process in Pennsylvania. And I want to turn it over to, to either Jerry or Dave to talk about the back salary case and what that had to do in regard to a supersedious hearing. So I'm going to start with Dave. Dave, one of your clients getting workers' comp, same scenario that I presented to Adam and Larry, getting workers' comp, both the checks and the medical, sees an insurance company doc who says – not surprisingly, that your client's fully recovered, what happens? Well, at that point, the insurance company then has to file something. Uh, and, and so they just can't stop the checks? Correct. They, and when I say file something, I don't just mean like a piece of paper and that's it. They actually have to get the case into litigation. Uh, usually clients who come to me that are receiving benefits, they ask me, Dave, how could my benefits stop? stop? And I tell them four ways. A court order, a settlement, you go back to work making what you made before, or you sign something that you shouldn't. Unless one of those four things happens. Five. Die, you die. Okay. Right. Well, I guess if you die unrelated to your work injury, <laughs> right, right. That, that, that's right. a fair fifth. I right. apologize. And now I have to add that to my list well, for no, future no, you're clients. Not, you're, not, you're not as gloomy as Joe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, right. but yeah, but it's, it's the, the, the whole but kaboom, Unless right. one of those four things happens, Sam, uh, your checks continue. Uh, the onus is on the insurance company. Uh, to get into litigation with you. Now, at that first hearing, Jerry, there's, there's a term, something called a termination petition filed. It, it takes a number of weeks to get in front of a workers' compensation judge in your county. At that hearing, there's something called a supersedious. What happens? Right. A supersedious so, thing? Yeah, called, Sam, you're talking about a supersedious request. Uh, and what does that mean? It means... What's that, what's that, is that, again, we're using a fancy legal word. It means a stay, it right? It means a stay or an interruption of the flow of the check is at this supersedious hearing, both sides, the insurance company and the injured worker, are required to present documentary evidence to the judge. And the judge is to review that documentary evidence within 14 days and issue a decision saying, we're not going to supersede your benefits. We're not going to interrupt your benefits. You've presented a prima facie defense that you're not fully recovered. And typically what we do is, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, we present an affidavit from the injured worker outlining their work history, outlining their injuries, outlining the medical treatment that they're getting, and a statement that they're not fully recovered. An affidavit that they verify that they disagree with the insurance company's doctor that said after a two-minute examination that they were fully recovered. 
Meanwhile, we have stacks and stacks of medical records to the contrary. So you got due process. In other words, the you judge hears all the evidence court. from the insurance company from you, then makes a decision in regard to your weekly check stopping or continuing. Right. And there can't be a stay of the medical, though, at that hearing, correct? Well, there can be. There can be. Oh. Now, the, the appellate courts in Pennsylvania within the last couple of years did say under certain circumstances, there can be a stay of the medical treatment as well. We have a lot to cover here. Joe Doc, you want to chime in? Yeah, I, I David David Stern said something really interesting in, in the in the in the four ways now five ways that you could lose your benefits. Dave, I always talk to you about this, um, and this is why I always profess to individuals that are injured workers to get a counsel immediately, having them ha- signing something that you shouldn't sign. Um, it's always I, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten from an injured worker who's saying, "Oh my God, you know they want me to sign this. They're, it's an intimidation. They're scared. All this." I remember one time I was actually texting David, getting a picture of the document from one of the one, one of the union workers, so he could look at it at the game. It, it, the union leader was on the line, and and we finally got it. and And he said, "Do not sign that until I actually can read the whole thing." Yeah, of course, the you never want to sign ridiculous. anything. You never want to sign anything until you have a legal counsel represent it, look at it uh, clearly. Uh, especially if it's coming from an insurance company. We've got a minute before the break. I want to have a lead into what we're talking about next. I'd like to talk about pre-existing conditions, aggravation of a pre-existing condition in, in the different states, and, and whether or not that's a compensable injury. And I think most importantly, I don't really don't want to spend a lot of time there because we're going to only have a 10-minute segment left. I want to talk about settling a workers' compensation case. How's that work in New Jersey? How's that work in Delaware? And how's that work in Pennsylvania? This is Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond, and as you listen to Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond throughout the state of Pennsylvania, if that's where uh, you're consuming today's information, uh, know that when you listen to information about the state of New Jersey or the state of Delaware or the state of New York a week ago, that's all part of the education process uh, to help you understand which is the mission of this show. We'll continue with Legal Eagles Radio uh, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. God save the United States and this honorable court. Talk Radio 1210, WPHD, Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. Special thanks to our guest today, Adam Malamut from Malamut & Associates, joining us for Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond and Larry Kimmel as well from Kimmel, Carter, uh, Roma, Peltz, and O'Neill, all part of the uh, process, Sam, on a busy, busy uh, show here this afternoon, part three of our three-part series. Yeah, this has been a real quick Sunday evening, uh, Joe. We, we've got to get into it. I'm not, I'm not going to say much right now because I want to get into the, the uh, pre-existing conditions and the aggravation of a pre-existing condition. I want to cover all three states. We want to cover settlements. Adam, I'm going to start with you as we did uh, earlier. We're going to start in New Jersey. And can you settle? What? No, I want to get there first. Can can you get workers' compensation benefits if you aggravate a pre-existing condition? In other words, I have a non-work-related knee condition or even a previous work condition that I've gone now going back to work, and I now aggravate that at my new job or I just aggravated my original job or an old football injury to my knee. Can I get workers' compensation in New Jersey? Absolutely. There's two different ways you can get workers' compensation. You can get it through um, a specific injury, or you can get it through 
um, what would be a settlement, which we'll talk about later, uh, under Section 20 of the Workers' Compensation Statute, where you can get a lump sum settlement based on the fact that there was a pre-existing or there might be some kind of uh, question as to the causal relationship of the injury. I want to turn to you, Larry, in Delaware. Can you get workers' compensation benefits for an aggravation of a pre-existing condition? And by the way, we could have a whole show about the whole pre-existing thing. Also, it's something else that McConnell was talking about, not paying for pre-existing conditions. I'm not going to start there, Joe Doc. Larry, tell us about pre-existing conditions sure, in New if Jersey. There's an I mean, in, in Delaware. In Delaware, if there's an aggravation or an acceleration of a pre-existing condition, it is compensable, which means you can certainly get workers' compensation benefits. Dave, in Pennsylvania, um, and if you could, I want to have Jerry touch on repetitive work injuries in regard to the Mancini type of cases. Aggravation of a pre-existing condition, is that an injury in Pennsylvania that's compensable under the Workers' Compensation Act, Dave? 100%, Sam. I've had clients come to me who said, you know, I had a prior back issue. In fact, I was treating for it all the way up until uh, I got hurt at work. But my pain was a, a 5 out of 10 on a rating scale, and I was able to work. I have this new incident at work. Now my pain's a 9 out of 10, and frankly, I can't go to work. I say, guess what? That's a work injury. Jerry, what about a – let's touch on real quickly in Pennsylvania repetitive type of injuries. In other words, every day you aggravate an underlying condition, um, and it's based on just the repetitive nature of your work. A lot of construction folks, a lot of people in the building trades have this. Tell us about that. Right. What they're referred to in our world is a daily trauma type injury, and that is uh, – I'll give you a few examples. You – uh, you're a data processor for a living. So you spend eight hours a day typing on a computer uh, keypad. And over time, you develop pain in either one or both of your wrists that leads to carpal tunnel syndrome. Well, the fact that just that daily job routine of typing, something repetitive for an extended period of time leads to a medical condition, i.e. carpal tunnel syndrome, that's a work injury. If you work at a, uh, a plant where you're doing repetitive activities such as moving newspaper bundles for eight hours a day at the Philadelphia Inquirer, or you work at FedEx or UPS or any one of the delivery services where boxes are coming down conveyor belts and you're moving a box off of a conveyor belt onto a skid or a pallet or something along those lines, again, it's just a day-to-day -day job. So not a specific incident or accident, no. just a repetitive nature of that causing you more symptoms. Your day-to-day -to -day job duties over time, if ultimately just a little bit more every day gets worse and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit to a point where you can no longer do the job that's considered to be your last day of work would be your your, your injury day let's let's talk about lump sum settlements of workers compensation cases in all three states adam can you get a lump sum payment not a weekly check but a lump sum payment to settle once and for all finally or not finally under new jersey workers compensation uh, law, can you get a lump sum? Yes, Sam. So under uh, Section 20 of the Workers' Compensation Statute, um, there's usually a discrepancy between causal relationship and um, uh, or the permanency of an injury. You can obtain a lump sum settlement. You can also obtain a lump sum settlement uh, under Section 40 of the Workers' Compensation Statute, which gives you the ability, uh, if your benefits have already accrued, rather than getting your benefits in a weekly check, um, you'll get a lump sum, um, and that gives you that type of settlement gives you the opportunity to reopen your case if your condition worsens. So if your condition worsens, you can actually reopen your case under New Jersey law. That's correct. If you get some sort of settlement. That's correct. Got it. So it's like a it's like a permanency or like a schedule of of disability. That's right. Okay. 
Uh, Larry, how about in Delaware? Can you get a lump sum settlement for your workers' compensation case in Delaware? You can, and there are a few ways to do it. Just to step back really quickly, six different rights under workers' comp, medical bills, wages, partial wages, permanency, disfigurement, and mileage. Your six rights. Mileage. Mileage, 40 cents a mile to and from your doctors, pharmacies, not to your lawyer's office, but 40 cents right to the claimant. So those are your six rights under workers' compensation. The fourth right I've mentioned is permanency. That's basically a formula. If you have any percentage of impairment for a certain body part that was injured, we use a formula, and that's a lump sum. We can get our clients based on that formula of permanency. Same with disfigurement. If you have scarring, as long as you're normally clothed, anywhere in your body, we can get a lump sum for disfigurement. Not in those six rights is what we call a commutation or a global commutation. That's a one-time lump sum of all of your benefits. You're giving up all six of those benefits for a one-time lump sum that completely ends the case. If you don't commute your case, your case is essentially open the rest of your life as long as you get a medical bill paid every five years. It's a five-year statute. So case goes on forever as long as you don't globally commute your case, as long as the bill is paid every five years. If you commute your case, your one-time lump sum, case is over. And again, there's, there's a lot that goes into valuing this case for a lump sum, and that's where you come in to determine whether or not that's in the best interest of your client. Dave and Jerry, Pennsylvania, can you settle your case for a lump sum? Is it final? How do you value it? We only have a couple minutes left. Dave, let me just turn to you to say, or asked you how can you get a lump sum for your workers' compensation case in Pennsylvania? Yeah, I mean, most commonly we uh, we settle cases on what's called a full basis, a full compromise and release, uh, and that's when you settle out the wage and the medical. Uh, you can also just settle you the, say wage. the wage. Your weekly check. To your I'm sorry. That's right. Correct. The weekly the weekly benefit check. Um, you can also just settle out the uh, indemnity, the wage replacement portion of your case, and leave open the medical. That's not quite as common. Uh, but, yeah, you can, you can settle the case uh, in a couple of different fashions, um, and we call it a compromise and release. Sam, it's important to remember, and I assume this also applies to Delaware New Jersey, that settlements are agreements between two parties. So it's important for the listening audience to know that an insurance company can't force them to accept a certain amount of money. Uh, and neither can an injured worker force a carrier to pay them a certain amount of money. These settlements, whether they're in any one of the states, come by usually through a negotiation process. And this is where it's important to have counsel. Because unless you are in this world every day, you're not going to know the value of the settlement, you being the injured worker, the layperson. The insurance carrier knows. But they're never going to tell a, a lay injured worker what that value is. They're going to try to shortchange them. And there's a, lot, there's a lot of things that go into value in the case. How much the weekly check is, how much medical care you're getting, how old are you, are you on Social Security, could you get a pension? All these other factors have to go into that holistic approach to determine the value of the case, at least from my perspective in regard to Pennsylvania. I want to thank everyone for the show. Listeners, educate yourself. Continue to educate yourself. Empower yourself. Knowledge is power. Special thanks to Larry Kimmel of Kimmel Carter, uh, Roman Pelton O'Neill. Thank you, Larry, uh, very much for being a part of the show. And, of course, Adam Malamut from Malamut & Associates uh, for joining us here on Legal Eagles Radio with Sam Pond. If you have a question for Sam, call him at 1-800-723-8715, 1-800-723-8715. Leave a message, and uh, you can communicate with uh, Sam uh, on what question you may have. That's 
that's going to do it for Legal Eagles Radio uh, for another week. We're in the books uh, on behalf of J. Doc. J. Doc, thank you very much for uh, being a part of Legal Eagles Radio uh, with Sam Pond, of course, Tom Giordano, and Jerry Lee Hockey. We thank you very much uh, as well for being a part uh, of the big show uh, and being a part of uh, this week's edition. David Stern uh, as well. David, thank you very much. On behalf of our entire listening audience for tuning in to Legal Eagles Radio, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.